Is your fleet ready for FA4 oil? I'm Jim Park. This is HDT Talks Trucking, Season 8, Episode Number 3. The FA4 service category oils have been available now for almost five years, but the market penetration remains kind of light. Despite the fuel-saving benefits inherent with these lighter viscosity oils, fleets are wading in slowly, and for a number of good reasons. This new oil hasn't yet achieved approval from every OEM. In some cases, FA4 is only good in engines from 2017 or newer. Some of those restrictions may be causing confusion and ultimately holding fleets back from embracing the newest API oil category. On this episode, we have Tom Garkey, the National Fleet Account Manager at Chevron Global Lubricants North America. He'll help us sort out some of the restrictions and explain who can start using FA4 oils and who should be holding off. Don't forget to subscribe to HDT Talks Trucking so you don't miss any future episodes. And please give us a like and a rating on Apple Podcasts. They really help us build our audience. My interview with Tom Garkey begins right after this. Since you're already a fan of podcasts, I invite you to check out some of Bobbitt Business Media's other fleet-related online content. Our other three fleet publications cover work trucks, automotive fleets, and transit and motor coach fleets. Those sectors are confronting many of the same disruptive influences we are here in the heavy-duty side. I'm sure you'll find we have a lot in common. You can find them easily on the Bobbitt Business Media website at bobbittbusinessmedia.com. We're speaking with Tom Garkey, the National Fleet Account Manager for Global Lubricants North America at Chevron. Uh, Tom, welcome to HTT Talks Trucking. It's great to have you aboard. Well, thank you, Jim. Really appreciate the invitation. You know, this question about uh, FA4 lubricants has been an interesting one. The The product has been around now since 2016, it's quite a long time, and yet we're still not seeing rapid and widespread adoption of, uh, of FA4. Uh, we're going to dig into why that's happening, I think, a little bit on this podcast, but if we could just start with... Uh, uh, how is you know fleet uptake today? Is is uh, is the needle starting to move? I covered a story back in uh, I guess it was 2019 at TMC, and they were saying then two years ago that uh, oil companies were generally not seeing this stuff flying off the shelves. Has it improved since uh, 2019? You know, Jim, I think we're really getting close to a tipping point in the industry. You know, part of adoption of FA4 product is. Um, dependent upon fleets trying to manage uh, the complexity of having multiple oils in, in their fleet. And so depending upon the age of their equipment and the OEM makes and models that they may have and wanting to adopt uh, one engine oil, um, when we start thinking about how that plays out amongst uh, the fleet, trying to, to balance those complexities, I think we're kind of not just right now getting too close to the tipping point where wider adoption among fleets is becoming um more of a thing that will be achievable uh, for them to take out on the benefits of the uh, greater fuel economy that FA4 can deliver. Well, it sounds like we're making progress then. So what are fleets missing out on? I mean, could you just kind of give us a quick uh, 20,000 foot view of some of the benefits of FA4, say compared to CK4 and uh, what the differences are and what fleets might be missing out on by not uh, jumping on board? Yes, primarily you're dealing with getting uh, a better fuel economy benefit. Um, so even though both FA4 and CK4 engine oils might be of the 10W30 viscosity, the FA4 is a little bit 
uh, thinner within the range of 30 weight, which allows for that to translate into greater horsepower, better fuel economy, because there's less resistance of flow um, in the engine oil of itself uh, in that FA4 category than there is in the CK4. Does that viscosity issue worry fleets? I mean, we, we've traditionally used 15W40. That was the, you know, the oil of choice for decades almost. Uh, are people nervous about using a lighter weight oil? You know, I think if you've already made that transition from 1540 to 10W30, um, you know, making a change of uh, viscosity that's still even within the normal range is not so much of a concern as it is probably more so with managing the warranty requirements. So you have uh, different makes and models that um, are approved um, from a warranty perspective for FA4. And if your OE has not uh, made that approval, then you know, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult uh, to incorporate all of the different trucks that you have in your fleet if you have some that may um, not be approved from a warranty perspective. Where are the OEMs now with uh, with approval on this? I I know at the time there was only there were a couple of holdouts still when I wrote that last story a couple of years ago. Are we there yet? Yeah. So basically, uh, what the industry is is Daimler has. Um, um, engines back to 2010 and newer. Um, Cummins is 2017 and newer. Navistar is 2017 and newer. Um, and so there are a, a range of different uh, makes and models that you have to really kind of check with your OE. And I think part of that really is, you know, what's the average age of your fleet? You know, some some fleets may have, um, you know, keep their trucks only for, you know, four years and other uh, fleets may have trucks that are have an average age of eight years or longer. And so trying to ma- manage, you know, uh, having one consistent engine oil is part of the part of the uh, difficulty that fleets may have in trying to adopt this. And certainly it's, it's great to be able to add um, another component um, that uh, gives you better fuel economy and does not really have, you know, any other, you know, you don't have to have a driver take any kind of action on, the, on a piece of equipment in order to achieve that fuel economy. It's really embedded in, in the viscosity within the, the lubricant. So, um, you know, I think, I think the, the, the big key is, you know, having the right equipment um, and not having to be concerned about the warranty implications uh, of your fleet. Well, I know there was some um, people in the northern parts of the country were talking about the uh, uh, cold start capabilities, much easier to turn the engine over uh, when you're using a lighter oil. Uh, folks in the south, do they have any concerns about the oil being a bit too light, maybe when it gets hot down there? Yeah, so there wouldn't be any concerns um, in the southern uh, U.S. Or, or elsewhere about the viscosity of the engine oil. When you're looking at the viscosity of an engine oil and you have 10W-30, you know, Basically, what that refers to in a multi-weight viscosity engine oil is the W stands for winner, which means that that first number refers to the engine uh, or the engine oil's uh, viscosity at um, your basic, um, your temperature external, uh, your ambient temperature. And when the uh, engine oil reaches uh, the operating temperature of the engine, then it behaves as a 30 weight. So your oil is actually a little bit thinner when it's a 10 weight at ambient temperature and it gets thicker as you reach uh, your operating temperature, uh, which then it's a 30 weight. So even though you've got an FA4 and a CK4, you're still operating in that 10W range at startup, which gives you that better cold start because you're flowing 
thinner than a 15 weight would at um, in a cold weather climate. But when you reach operating temperature, you're still operating at a 30 weight. So you have that same viscosity at, um, in the FA4 range, really at both ends of the spectrum, just a little bit on the lighter end of the spectrum within the grade. Okay, so you're covered on both sides then. Let's talk a bit about backward compatibility. Uh, Daimler said 2010, some of the others were going to 2017. Uh, I don't want you to get into some of the intricacies of uh, engine manufacturing and design, but uh, why is there a, a backwards cutoff point with some of those OEMs? What's, uh, what's, what, what are they trying to protect or prevent there? Yeah, generally speaking, when you're going for a lighter weight engine oil, what you're doing is operating uh, with the metallurgy, the, t- the tolerances of that, of that equipment. And so if you got on a um, microscopic level of looking at a metal surface, it wouldn't be perfectly smooth. There'd be peaks and valleys in that metal surface. And the greater that you have machined out those uh, peaks and valleys, the, the lighter weight engine oil you can use. Um, because that, that engine oil is keeping a barrier between the two metal surfaces so that the two metal surfaces do not touch. And the, the less sort of peaks and valleys you have, the thinner engine oil you can, you can run with. So the more recent, more modern engines, I guess, have the tighter tolerances and can get away with the thinner oil. That's exactly right. Makes sense to me. Tom, let's take a short little break here, bring on a sponsor for just a minute. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the challenges of trying to integrate uh, two oils into a fleet situation. Uh, We're talking with Tom Garkey. He's the National Fleet Account Manager for Global Lubricants at Chevron North America. I'm Jim Park, and this is HGT Talks Trucking. We'll be right back. HGT will premiere a new video feature in 2022 called Short Hauls. It's a combined video and audio podcast. We'll be connecting with industry leaders to present digestible 10-minute videos and full-length audio podcasts that dive deeper into the subject matter. And don't forget to check out some of Bobbitt's other video and podcast products, The State of the Fleet Industry by Mike Antich and Lauren Fletcher's Truck Chat. They're all on your favorite podcast platforms, and they're easy to find on the Bobbitt Business Media website. It's at bobbittbusinessmedia.com. We're back with Tom Garkey, the National Fleet Account Manager for Global Lubricants North America at Chevron. Uh, we're talking about the fleet adoption of FA4 oils, a little slower than we'd all like to see, but apparently they are making headway now. Tom, one of the things you mentioned earlier on was the uh, the challenge of um, mixing inventories, having more than one oil in stock in a fleet, having to keep separate inventories and the possibility of a mix-up or whatever. Could you address some of those concerns and maybe how fleets can overcome that problem? Sure. I guess one of the, the keys is understanding what your fleet, um, you know, what your makeup of um, equipment is. Um, we do have some bridge programs that we can help fleets uh, overcome, you know, if they have a few units that uh, do not meet warranty requirements. But um, on, on a large, as long as you have uh, the equipment is meeting those OE components, then it really helps, you know, you from um, maintaining um one engine oil for the entire fleet. And, you know, with with trucks moving from shop to shop, coast to coast, um, it's really essential to be able to have, I think for most, most fleets are looking to have one engine oil that they can use rather than um, having to be concerned about, 
you know, a CK4 and FA4. The products are compatible, but you you really, um, if you're trying to maximize having those fuel economy benefits and your fleet's capable for it, you really, um, you're going to find fleets want to buy, uh, you know, one of the two specifications rather than a, a mix of the two. Well, considering that this is going into mostly new equipment, uh, drivers probably don't have to add a lot of makeup oil over the course of a PM interval. Uh, is this stuff readily available at retail for drivers that do have to top up, or is there a problem if they drop in the wrong kind of oil? Well, I think one of the challenges for fleets uh, is not just uh, maybe getting availability and getting gallon jugs. I think that, you know, in in most cases, you know, you should be able to find that probably not quite as, as readily available maybe as um, – the, uh, the viscosity blends that have been out there for a long period of time. But I think what's what's uh, a, a really uh, more of a challenge is if you have a, if you have to do a lot of your PM services at third parties and ensuring that your third party provider also has the products readily available at the locations in which um, are, they're doing your PM services. If you're doing all your work in-house, then you have a lot more control and, and that would not be a concern for you. Yeah, you can manage it better that way. Is it the end of the world if you pour an FA4 into an old engine or some old oil into a new engine? I think just trying to manage the the warranty requirements, trying to put FA4 in an older piece of equipment, it really, you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but at the same token, you want to manage your warranty requirements, right? So we do have um, some availability to do a, a bridge program with fleets that have, you know, newer equipment, but that may not be approved for a portion of their fleet. And we'd be happy to work with fleets, uh, you know, to go through the details of that, of what their equipment is and take a look at uh, whether or not that that might be a possibility for them. Okay. From a maintenance perspective now, just thinking of some of the things that, you know, good fleets do, when they start doing oil sampling programs and just seeing how the product's holding up and how the engine's doing, uh, is this oil any different from previous generations of oil? In other words, do you have to, uh, or would you expect to see different results on your oil samples, um, you know, over time than you would with a, a CK4 or a previous generation oil? Does, does the oil sampler have to be made aware of this? Looking at the difference between an FA4 and CK4 engine oil on an oil sample, if you're transitioning from CK4 to FA4, you would expect that you'd have some differences in the additive chemistry between those products, just like there are differences in additive chemistries even between um, a synthetic blend and a full synthetic product. Um, you will see those differences on your oil sample. But what you would be wanting to look for is the if your wear rates stay the same. So if you're having the same amount of parts per million of aluminum, you want to continue to see that same trend um, as your equipment ages, uh, regardless of what engine oil you're using you don't want to see a, a spike in in that and if you're and if your fleet is designed to be using um fa4 then you really wouldn't expect to see any kind of dramatic change in in your wear rate no unless there was actually something wrong so i guess if everything is coming out the same you're in good shape right how are we doing with uh, factory fill rates i know that's often a sign of uh industry acceptance and, you know, fleets going, okay, well, if they're pouring it in at the factory, it must be okay. Are we seeing those numbers starting to climb now? The majority of engine manufacturers are using FA4. There are a couple of holdouts, but for the most part, FA4 is now the predominant factory fill engine oil. 
Hmm. Great. So it sounds like we're almost there. Yep. Well, just your own personal thoughts on this. Why do you think it's taken uh, almost five years to get this? Uh, I mean, it took <laughs> a number of years to get it going, you know, the development and all, all that building the standard. But why do you think it's taken so long uh, to get rapid and wide fleet acceptance at this point? You know, I think one of the things you, you you can see that learning from the migration we made from 1540 over to 1030 is very similar to this same type of trend. So um, we still see some fleets actually that have not even adopted 10W30 yet. Um, most of the large national fleets have all made that adoption quite some time ago. Factory fill for 10W30 um, began in 2013. Um, and the OEs have basically made that backward compatible back to EPA 07 engines. So, uh, you know, most fleets, right, have equipment that is 2007 and newer. There are some uh, fleets that have equipment that is that is older than that. But um, when we saw even so, you know, if you're looking 2007 to 2013, and even in the past couple of years, there's, you had some fleets that, you know, um, made the transition from 1540 over to 10W30. And, um, you know, that really depends upon if they have a few pieces of equipment that they're concerned that are that are older than that, or they may not have even been aware that uh, EPA 07 and newer was uh, the, um, the time in which uh, OEs have said, hey, we're back, we're compatible with 10W30 CK4 to that point. Um, not everyone was aware even that uh, factory fill for 10W30 began in 2013. So we did. We have seen um, maybe a, a little bit longer adoption curve uh, for that to take place. And really, FA4 is seeming to kind of follow that same type of trend. Well, it's nice to have something normal going on in the background. <laughs> That's, that seems to be a normal course of, uh, of business. That's good. Well, before we wrap up, uh, Tom, let's kind of put your forward-looking glasses on here. Uh, what's coming down the pike in terms of the next generation of, of uh, heavy-duty engine oil? Yeah, you're, you're going to see a continued um, decrease in viscosity, um, much as you've seen in the passenger vehicle car market. Um, you know, the, the lighter engine oils that you're going to are going to be able to achieve greater and greater uh, fuel economy. So, you know, I would say from 10W30, the next trend you'll start to see is um, 5W30 starting to be used in the heavy-duty trucking market. And um, that'll probably be the, the next specification level that um, you're going to see come out. Will that be an entirely new classification or just a change? Yeah, that'll be a new classification of engine oil uh, where we'll have another spec change. Wow. Huh. Exciting times with all the other stuff going on in the background with electric trucks and hydrogen trucks and new oils for our diesels. Pretty exciting time to be in trucking. Absolutely. Always is. We're speaking with Tom Garkey. He's the National Account Fleet Manager for Global Lubricants North America at Chevron. Tom, thanks for sharing all that with us. I hope uh, it shed a bit of light on the uh, lack of risk of switching over to an FA4 oil and get more fleets uh, on board with it. Thank you very much for having me, Jim. Thanks for supporting HDT Talks Trucking for these past two years. We've got more great audio and video content coming your way in 2022, including a new video podcast series called Short Hauls. We combine that with HDT Talks Trucking to give you more ways to access this great content. Check out Short Hauls featuring all the HDT editors beginning in January. 
If there's something you'd like us to cover on HDT Talks Trucking, email me at jpark at truckinginfo.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please spread the word on social media and take a moment to rate us on iTunes and leave a review. HTT Talks Trucking is produced by Deb Lockridge, recording and audio production by Jim Park. HTT Magazine is published by Bobbitt Business Media. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.